we are, we're starting a new winter series. We're in the middle of winter, if you haven't noticed, it's freezing. Uh, we're starting a new series today, um, and that's going to go through whole winter. Uh, it's actually going to be in the book of Proverbs, and uh, I'm really excited about this. I've never preached through the book of Proverbs. Um, but as I do, um, I ask and invite my wife to come and pray for us in the series, and so I'm going to invite her to come and pray for us. Thank you, Melissa Cha. Thank you. Let's pray. (laughs) Um, Lord, we lift up this series into your hands. Um, As we just, um, yeah, venture into the book of Proverbs, Lord, we pray that um, your wisdom would just um, entrench this place, that we, your people, will be... um, yeah, really just um, enlightened with the fear of the Lord that that would direct us each moment and each day. Um, and as the church, Lord, may we grow in your ways and in your uh, wisdom, Lord, that, yeah, we may be a church that truly um, is representative of um, the things of your kingdom. Um, Lord, we pray for Pastor Steve. We pray that you will anoint him with much wisdom and clarity, with discernment and knowledge, that he may preach your word faithfully um, with conviction um, and that it would be received in good soil um, and that it would multiply and bear much fruit in your people's hearts. Lord, we lift up this series into your hands. May you be glorified and uh, may you be honoured. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Looking very intelligent today. It's the glasses. The word proverb, right, and you may or may not know this, the word proverb is a short sentence that people often quote which gives advice or tells you something about life. That's what a proverb is. Proverb isn't, uh, it's not just a biblical concept. It's not just a, an Aussie concept. It's, it's just a very generic and actually, we use Proverbs all the time. And you don't even know you use them, but we do. Here's some examples. Two wrongs don't make a right. Better safe than sorry. Look before you leap. Right? These are some examples of Proverbs. Now, here's some funnier Proverbs. If you snooze, you lose. Um, don't eat yellow snow. That's a very, uh, if you don't get that one, just think about that for a moment, okay? Um, And the three rings of marriage, the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and suffering. These are all Proverbs. (laughs) It's so real. It's as real as don't eat yellow snow. The book of Proverbs is a whole big collection of these statements, these short statements that were written mostly by King Solomon. Now, who's King Solomon? Solomon was the son of King David. Who, who, how do we know Solomon? Solomon is renowned to be the wisest man in all of history. The story goes, when God uh, was pleased with Solomon, asked Solomon, Solomon, I can give you anything you want. I can give you kingdoms. I can give you riches. I can give you anything you want. Ask, and I'll give it to you. And the thing that Solomon asked for was wisdom. And so the book of Proverbs 
is this collection of Proverbs that, that Solomon would use as he taught, but also not just the ones that he said, but ones that he listened to and used um, in his life and in his kingdom. And the question we need to ask is, well, why do we need Proverbs? Why do we need these short statements that teach us a little bit about, about life? And the word, and it all comes down to this one word, wisdom. And that's why our series this winter is called The Way of Wisdom. Wisdom is defined, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Now, some might think, is not wisdom the same as knowledge, right? And there's actually a very clear difference to what those two words mean. Knowledge is knowing the facts and the information, whereas wisdom is the it is knowing how to apply that knowledge in your day-to-day life. Anyone can become knowledgeable about a subject by reading, researching, and memorizing facts. But it's wisdom that tells you how to use those facts in relevant situations. Wisdom takes the knowledge and applies it with discernment. Here's a quote. Knowledge is knowing what to say. Wisdom is knowing when to say it. Another great quote. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in the fruit salad. Some of you are like, what? It's a fruit? Why is this important? Because what you know, knowledge, and how you apply it, wisdom, actually determines the way you live your life. The application of that knowledge that we call wisdom determines the way we live our lives, the choices we make, the decisions that are before us. See, knowledge is important. I'm not saying knowledge is not important, but wisdom is crucial because you could have all the knowledge in the world. But if you can't work out how to use that knowledge, and I'm going to use some proverbs here to explain this, you are as dumb as a cucumber. Some of you are like, what? Some of you are going to really go home and think about this stuff, right? I, you, let, me, let me put it another way. You are not the sharpest tool in the shed. You, I love this one, you are as smart as bait. All right, so I found these online, man. I don't know. I found these hilarious. Here's a few more. Proof that evolution can go in reverse. If you had another brain, it would be lonely. (laughs) I hope you get my point. Knowledge in itself. Knowledge in itself is not great. Because if you can't apply that knowledge, meaning if you lack wisdom, you will not get far in life. Wisdom is not a worldly concept, but is one that is embedded deeply in the faith. Here's a quote. Wisdom enables one to turn every good thing in life to its rightful purpose. It is something more than wit, shrewd common sense, or even worldly prudence. It is something more than intellectual excellence. 
in that it implies a spiritual and moral quality of heart, will, and life, and is the practical application of knowledge to its best ends. Maurice Meredith. Wisdom is not something that you do or execute. Rather, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. And that's why we've titled this series The Way of Wisdom. It's not just how to live wise, but it's how to apply all this good knowledge into your life. And so today we begin in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 to 7, where the author, most likely King Solomon, will outline his intentions behind this book. Let's read Proverbs 1, 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction instruction. So the author says that these words, this book is written for these purposes. Number one, for gaining wisdom and instruction. Number two, understanding words of insight. See, a lot of this stuff, right? And you know, like if you ever do, um, ever study communication, uh, which I did in university as one of the many subjects that I did, um, they they teach you that verbal communication, actually what you hear from me, the words from my mouth to your ears, is actually only 10% of communication. And the other 90% is the, the non-verbal communication. Tone, pitch, body stance, um, you know, aggressive, passive, and all of these other things, right? That's what, and that's what I think understanding words of insight is. That's what wisdom is. It's not just hearing the words you know, it's like, and I used this example this morning, when your spouse, when, 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 when they're upset and you go up to them and you go, what's wrong? And they go, nothing. <laughs> right? Pure based on knowledge, great, nothing's wrong. <laughs> Let's move on with life, right? But wisdom, gentlemen, wisdom, husbands, would tell you, and wives will tell you, don't believe everything. You've got to be able to see it deeper, right? What else? For receipt, my wife. You got something in your throat? For receiving instruction for prudent behavior. Now, the word prudence, um, it means to care and act considering the future. Right? So to live a prudent life is, is to actually live your life with the future in mind rather than not thinking about the future. Right? And that's what these words are for. To doing what is right and just and fair. That's why these, these proverbs are given. For giving prudence, once again, that context to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, Letting the wise listen and adding to their learning. And I love that one. Because what that means is, even for those that would consider themselves wise, actually, there's more. You can actually gain further wisdom. 
letting the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. These are why the book of Proverbs is given to us. The book of Proverbs is to help men and women live their lives well, not mindlessly, not without any thoughts of the future, but with careful consideration of the things around them. Now, the opposite to wisdom is this word, foolishness. Anyone, uh, there's no one that wakes up and goes, I want to live foolish. I want to be foolish. And yet, the opposite to wisdom is foolishness. So when we do not choose wisdom, we're actually choosing foolishness. And in the book, in, in Proverbs, you're going to hear a lot about what does a foolish life look like? Because that's actually going to help us to understand what a wise life looks like. Now, that's why this book was written. Uh, One of the things that you're going to discover as we go through this book is it's not very structural. It's not like the stories or even like the Gospels where there is a a flow. Um, We'll begin with a bit of chapter to chapter uh, for a few weeks. And then in the middle, there's just like, this chunk of proverb after proverb, and sometimes they just don't match. And so what we're going to do is in that middle section, we're going to pull out some really key themes and look at what um, the proverbs say about that and then finish off uh, with Proverbs 31. You know, a godly wife, a godly woman. That should be fun. Just after camp. Here's the thing about Proverbs. Here's the little um, the fine print. Right? And, and, and I get this all the time. Sometimes we expect the Bible to tell us every detail of our lives, how to live our lives, every single detail. And then suddenly we, we get frustrated, like, why does God not tell me what kind of career I should pursue? Why, does, why did God not tell me that I should or shouldn't, you know, date this girl or marry this guy? And what you're going to find in the Proverbs is, The Proverbs will cover a very extensive range of topics, but it's not going to cover everything. But what what it's going to do is it's going to help us to... to, um, Proverbs is going to show us how to live a life of wisdom. That's what it's going to do. It's going to provide that context for us so that even if it's a matter that is not spoken about in Scripture, that we would have the mindset of wisdom to be able to uh, decipher that situation. But today I want us to look at verse 7, which I think is the key verse of the whole book of Proverbs, and it reads this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. A very similar verse is seen in Proverbs 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The question we need to ask today is this, where does wisdom come from? Where does wisdom come from? What's the starting point of wisdom? How do we obtain wisdom? If we want to live lives that are wise, then we've got to know how to, how and where to find that wisdom. And it's not out of books. It's not out of experience. It's definitely not on Google. But Scripture tells us that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of all wisdom 
is the fear of the Lord. Now, when we use the word fear, it brings around a lot of negative connotations, like I am afraid of. So when we say that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord, it doesn't mean that we should be afraid of God. Not necessarily, but actually in the Bible, in, in the original texts, uh, 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 other translations, probably better translations, would be to have a positive respect or reverence towards. The Hebrew word yare means to fear, to respect, to revere, and they're all clumped. This fear acknowledges God's good intentions and his grand character and nature. To live in the fear of the Lord is to live in the context of who God actually is, the creator of the universe. Now, Mel and I, we live up um, in, in Taramara and, and we live near a, a bush, a big national park. And once in a while on the walking track as we're walking, we'll see a snake. Uh, Australia is uh, the home of many, many dangerous and venomous and deadly snakes. Uh, welcome to Sydney. <laughs> um, what's the wisest thing to do when you see a snake? All right? It's simple. You just walk the other way. Right? You quietly walk the other way. Why? Because we should have a fear of snakes. And not just... I'm afraid of snakes. But we should have a, a, a high respect and reverence to what the snake is and what the snake can do to you. It's when we don't have that respect, when we don't have that fear of a snake, that's when you're going to get into trouble. Because if you just see the snake as just a big worm, Right, And you try to just sort of pass over it because you are not scared of it, nor do you care about what the deadly venomous fangs can do to you, Right, that's when you're going to get yourself into trouble. Or what about a bomb? <laughs> I tried to find the most friendly bomb picture. <laughs> right? I think this is, this is in Mighty Mouse. Um, or Danger Mouse, not Mighty Mouse, Danger Mouse. Um, if there was a bomb in the front of your house, right, the dumbest thing to do, the most foolish thing to do would be to go pick it up and start shaking it, right? And you know what? Most, not most of us, all of us in this room, right, would, would not do that. There's only one person in this room that I think would actually go, if there was a bomb on his front yard, would actually be curious enough to go and pick it up and give it a little bit of a shake. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but he serves and protects. <laughs> you, you need to cryptically work that one out. But do you know who would go and go and pick up the bomb and shake it all around? our kids. Why? Because they don't have a fear of what the bomb is. They don't know what the bomb is. They have no idea of what the damage and, 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 and the capacity of harm that that bomb has. They have no fear of that bomb, no respect and no reverence. 
where we get ourselves into trouble ultimately is when we live our lives without wisdom, where we live our lives without the fear of the Lord. We forget that God is real. We forget that God is present. We forget that God is powerful. And so instead, we live our lives in whatever way we want. We live our lives with the absence of God. And at the end of the day, we treat God with contempt. And the Bible tells us that that is the definition of foolishness. To live without wisdom is to live a foolish life. When we aren't concerned about the creator of the universe, about who he is and what he can do, this is when we get ourselves into trouble. One of the clearest examples is is when you have children. When they live their lives without a healthy fear of their parents, when they don't care and they don't respect their parents or have reverence towards their parents, they just do whatever they want, right? We had a a friend come over and he's got twin girls and I find twins really fascinating. They're just different, different board game. And he was telling me this story how these girls are about three and they would put them in their room to go to sleep. But because there's two of them, it's like this gang mentality, right? And one of them would go, you go out, you go out. And the other one would be like, no, 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 dad's going to get really mad. And then one of them would go, no, no, don't worry about that, right? We got each other, you know, like no respect for dad, no reverence for dad, no fear of dad at all. And so they go out. And then what happens? They get smashed because my friend is a good father, knows how to discipline his children, Right? That's what happens. That's what happens when we live without a healthy fear of the Lord and what we, of what God thinks. Here's a quote. The fear of God is an attitude of respect, a response of reverence and wonder. It is the only appropriate response to our creator and redeemer. Reverence of God helps us to take him and his, his words seriously. It is without this reverence and respect where we suddenly feel that we're better than God, that we're bigger than God, therefore we can do whatever we want. See, that's what happens when you don't have wisdom. You think that you know. And when we don't have a fear of the Lord, we think that we know more than God. And the Bible calls that foolishness. The book of Proverbs assumes that you cannot make sense of the world or live a full and successful life unless you see God behind it and involved in it and seek understanding of it from God with reverence and humility. Friends, the smartest thing you can do, the wisest thing you can do in your life is not to run off and grab degrees. It's not to go and and make yourself a, a name for yourself, but it's to recognize that you are not God and that God does not exist for you, but you exist for him. Without God or a fear of God, we lack wisdom, knowledge, respect, purpose, meaning, and perspective. The smartest thing we can do 
You know, all of us want to get somewhere in our lives, right? See, the, 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 the reason why wisdom is so important is because every decision you make is a reflection of your wisdom. Every decision you make, whether they're big decisions about career, about family, about money, or whether even they're little decisions about what you're going to eat tonight or you know, what you're going to do tomorrow on the public holiday, every decision you make actually comes back to be a reflection of how smart slash wise you are. And what Bible is saying is, what Scripture is saying is, the wise person is one that considers what the Lord has to say, what the Lord thinks about your life, and therefore you make a decision. And the fool says, there is no God. If you want to get far in life, and if you want to live a life of wisdom, you've got to start with the fear of the Lord. You've got to start with respect and reverence to God. Now, remember who God is. God is not some little figurine that we come and we stick up on a Sunday and we worship Him. You know, sometimes we get mistaken as God as one of these idols. You know, like all these other idols in the world that other religions worship. That's not God. God is the creator of the universe. The breath that you have is the one that God breathed into your lungs. So many times we live our lives without thinking about God. We're just doing whatever we feel like is the right thing. Can I tell you? That's just dumb. The smartest and wisest thing that we can do in our lives is that when we live our lives, we live with a healthy respect and reverence to God, meaning that you include Him into every decision in your life because any decision you make without God is foolishness. See, a lot of the time we make decisions based on what the world says is wisdom. What's that? Knowledge. Trends, right? IQ, EQ, NQ, whatever you want, right? And so we make decisions and we, you know, we make educated decisions about our career. We make educated decisions about our housing. We make educated decisions about our relationships. And we go, wow, this kind of makes sense. And then we get the world to affirm that. We get counselors to affirm that. We get, you know, the newspapers to affirm these decisions. But it doesn't matter how many experts say that that's the right decision. If God has not said that that's the right decision, if you have not included God in that process, then you've made a dumb decision. You've made a foolish decision because you've made a decision outside of God. Can I tell you, there are so many stories in life. There are so many times in life where the right thing, right? You look at it and you go, wow, this is the right thing was actually not the God thing and therefore was the wrong thing. There are so many times in our family, in our marriage, where Mel and I, we had to make decisions, and it was like, wow, this is a, like from a worldly perspective, this is a dumb decision. Right? One of them was to start this church. Right? Not to say that, you know, we don't love you guys, and it's, you know, super important we love this church now. But when we first started the church, Mel had just had Annabelle. Right? 
we just had our last child at, at the time. I was so sure of it, right? We had three kids under five, under six. You know, I just got ordained. You know, I, I had to work outside the church to support the family. And it was like, go start a new church. And you're not even going to receive income from that church. And it was like, man, this sounds like a dumb decision to make. And yet we made it. Why? Because we were confident that that's what God wanted. Eight years on, right on the money. You know? Burwood, when we started Burwood, similar. We had this opportunity to go to Burwood. It's not like, it's not like we started Burwood because Chatswood was overflowing. Like, oh man, we've got so many people in Chatswood and we need to branch out. We've got so much money in our bank account. We just don't know what to do with it. So let's go start another church. It wasn't like that at all. I was still working part-time at church. Um, numbers were, it, it was what it was. Offering was what it was. But once again, we were so sure that God wanted us to make that decision. And so we made the wise decision, and that was to honor God. We, we, we obeyed God because we feared him. But here's the problem. The reason why we don't obey God is because we don't fear him. It's like, once again, you kids had one of the mums telling me today that their, their son is, is like this little rat bag, just doesn't listen. And I said, discipline him. She goes, yeah, we do, we hit him, you know, rah, rah. I go, and, and then what? And then he just doesn't do it. I said, it means you're not hitting him hard enough. Simple, right? Like, <laughs> that was so funny, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> the kid did not fear the parents. So why would the kid obey the parents? And I'm not saying that, you know, as, as parents, you need to be like, you know, military dictator and that your kids should be quavering in their shoes. Like every time, you know, your dad's voice is like, good morning, everyone's like, hello, and they all line up, you know, hello, 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 hello. You know, it's not like we're not, we're not, we're not asking you to run military. But there is a healthy fear. And we would say in homes with families and kids, that healthy fear is what you're trying to teach your children to have for the parents. But I'm trying to teach that to you. You need a healthy fear of the Lord. Because I promise you, the reason why you are disobedient to God is because you are not scared of Him. You do not have respect for Him. You do not have a reverence for Him. But let me burst that bubble right now. God, He's the creator of the universe and He could annihilate you like that. And not that I wish that for you, but you've got to keep that in your mind. Next time you think about sinning, right? You think about that breath that you're breathing, God could take that away. You should probably think about that. It's because we don't. Because we don't have a healthy fear of the Lord. That's why we, don't, we make decisions without God. You don't care about God enough. You know, you know, you don't have enough respect and reverence to, to God. So where does wisdom come from? It begins with the fear of the Lord. It begins with the fear of the Lord. How does that play out in your life? It means you need to consider God. 
in everything that you do, in every decision that you make. When you're looking to buy a house, if you ever get to that stage in your life, you've got to ask the question, God, do you want me to buy a house? I promise you, every, every dark hole you're going to find yourself into is because you did not ask God along the way or you did not invite God along the way. And the Bible will tell you that that was the foolish move. But it's in everything that we do, we're meant to have a posture of reverence and respect of God. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's how you live a life of wisdom. You consider God, not the world, not the experts, but God. You consider what he thinks, what he would say, what his desires are. That is the way of wisdom. This is the beginning of our Proverbs series, and I pray, I pray that by the end of this series that we wouldn't be smarter, that we wouldn't be more knowledgeable, but we'd be wiser, that we'd all be wiser. And I promise you, it's not from what you're going to hear that's going to make you wiser. It's where God is placed in your life that would determine your wisdom. And I pray that God would take front and center and that you and I would have a healthy fear of the Lord because that is what God deserves and that is the beginning of all wisdom. Let's pray.